equally in deepening in concentration, that being open to, inclining the mind towards, uh, receptive towards these wholesome qualities like calm or tranquility and contentment, and allowing beauty and joy to really be the supports for deepening our practice. But of course, if it was only about those very pleasant states and qualities like joy and contentment, we'd all be out there in hammocks reading junk novels, or whatever your idea of contentment is. Um, Of course, there's another whole side of the practice that we have to balance, which is the effort that we need to put in to maintain this continuity with the breath. So this is just as important, if not more important, than uh, the beautiful states of mind. But for all of us, we need to find that balance, sometimes more effort, sometimes more sweetening. And it's never a static place, but one of constant um, just sensitivity towards. So what I'd like to do this morning is lead a guided meditation that... um, is more on the effort side of maintaining continuity of awareness with the breath. It's a guided meditation on the breath that particularly focuses on these two jhana factors of vitaka and vichara, aiming and sustaining, really connecting with the breath in a, in a quite a detailed way. And hopefully can really then see that the more we get interested in the breath, connect with the breath, get absorbed in, a breath, in the breath, the breath becomes more interesting. The more interesting it becomes, the more we care about it, the more we fall in love with it, the more easy it is to stay with the breath and get absorbed in it. So this beautiful feedback process can start to happen out of this um, refined attention to the breath. With any guided meditation, you really have to... um, modulate it for what works for your practice. Sometimes it's not meeting you where you are at the moment. Sometimes there's just a disconnect about the pacing or what it's being pointed to. It's not where you are in your practice. Please trust yourself in that. If it doesn't work, just let my words be in the background and let your practice unfold as it would naturally. Sometimes you can track for a little bit and then you feel you get lost or confused. It's too much. Again, fine to back away, back off, just come to something more spacious, more connecting for you. And then if you feel ready to come back in, rejoin the guided meditation. So how you relate to the guided meditation is actually a practice in itself. We practice with the attitude with, of our receptivity. You know, uh, It really can be helpful just to surrender to the words. We let go of a sense of you know, directing our practice for this short time and really just follow along with this sense of um, uh, sharing a practice. But if that doesn't work for you, again, make sure that you trust your intuition and, and do what feels connecting for you. That's the most important thing. So we'll begin this practice as we usually do by just settling into the body and the posture. After these many days of practice, you have a sense of what it's like to begin a period of practice. And it's really helpful to have some clarity about that. What helps you land in the meditation posture? How do you encourage this um, balance in the actual physical posture between uprightness and energy And then relaxation. How do you find that? How do you make that adjustment? Whether you use the breath or some felt sense of the body, or you just literally straighten up and know what that feels like, what good posture is for you. You just connect into the body and the posture, looking for symmetry and balance so that there's a sense of evenness to the points of pressure so that the the body is resting very naturally and easily and there's no unnecessary tension in how you're holding the body. Just taking a moment to check in with that. (coughs) 
scanning through the body to let go of any unnecessary tension or contraction in the face, the throat, shoulders are dropped, softness in the chest and belly, moving the attention through the back and letting that release a little bit, down through the arms and into the hands, the whole pelvic region, genitals and sitting bones, just resting evenly and naturally on the cushion. And then down through the legs. It'll be interesting as we're sitting here and basically supported, there can still be tightness or tension in the thighs or the calves or even in the feet. Can you relax, soften? And then having that felt sense <clears throat> of the body relaxed as much as you are able. There are some places that have chronic tightness or pain and we can't wish those away. So we allow, we accept, we bring patience to those areas of the body, hold them with kindness with this sense of the full body, allowing the sensations of the breath to come to the foreground. So it's just a very natural, with a little curiosity, where's the breath right now? You begin to pay attention in the beginning of this meditation to the whole breath. So feeling the breath, not in any particular area, but a very spacious awareness of breath. So the way the whole body responds to the in-breath and then the out-breath. Don't need to track the breath, starting at the nostrils and moving down, but rather just the whole body breathing. How you feel the breath in your face or your shoulders, chest and belly, the whole torso but also in the back. The back also responds to the breath. Do your arms move with the breath? Or your thighs? Is there breath energy in your feet? So the mind is receptive to the breath, but soft around it. And now perhaps refining the attention a little on the breath wherever you're accustomed to noticing the breath, perhaps at the nostrils, chest or abdomen, the whole body. For this particular practice, it's helpful to find a place where the mind can rest with the stillness that I mentioned last night. Even though the breath is moving, there's this sense of connecting clearly to the sensations of the breath with some stillness. So just gently letting the attention rest in that place, really connecting with the in-breath and the out-breath. Tracking 
the whole breath. Sensations as the breath moves in, sensations as the breath moves out. And now beginning to more particularly notice just the in-breath. So again, this is part of the training of the attention. We're preferencing the in-breath and letting the out-breath recede into the background. So we want to pay attention particularly to that moment when you notice the in-breath beginning the sensations of the beginning of the in-breath. Really a clarity around that, almost a little excitement. Oh, there it is. That sensation, that part of the body, noticing the in-breath. And then sustaining for the length of the in-breath, really tracking with your awareness the in-breath, the sensations of the in-breath. And then when the in-breath changes to the out-breath, you have a little rest. You just let the mind soften. You don't track, pay attention then. So there's a little kind of relief or resting place. But then when the next in-breath arises, you're right there curious about that sensation. And then the duration of the in-breath. As you pay attention, you might refine where and how you notice the in-breath as you're getting more curious about it. What sensations, where in the body, can you find this stillness of attention that can be right there for this set of sensations that is just one in-breath. So Vitaka connecting to the beginning of the in-breath, and vichara, just sustaining just for the length of one in-breath, and then relaxing on the out-breath, softening. Next in-breath, vitaka, this little, almost you can feel a little hit of energy. There it is. And then sustaining. Noticing if you're getting tight in any way, that the focus is too intense and softening a little. It's just enough to notice. It doesn't take much mental energy to notice the in-breath. And really relaxing on the out-breath. Letting that level of attention just drop a little so the mind gets refreshed. So it can be right there and interested, alert for the beginning of the next in-breath. Now, noticing again how you can, through a shift in perception, begin to preference the out-breath. Get a little curious about that transition point between in-breath and out-breath. How do you know 
the breath has turned, that ending of the in-breath and the beginning of the out-breath. Where do you feel it? What do you feel? Get curious about that. That's the vitaka, connecting. And then sustaining for the out-breath. Out-breath is very different to in-breath. So you're now curious about out-breath and you're resting on the in-breath, letting the mind soften, but then right there to track that turning point in the breath when it shifts from in to out. Noticing the different energy of out-breath. It's often softer or longer. Sometimes harder to track because it just trails away. Can you notice the ending of the in-breath? I mean, sorry, the out-breath, or does it just fade? Can your attention stay there as it fades? Cultivating that sense of still point of the mind, even as the sensations might fade. Resting on the in-breath, but right there for that transition point, the changing of sensations, the beginning of the out-breath. And now having really connected to both the in-breath and the out-breath independently, bringing them both together. A really strong vitaka at the beginning of the in-breath, sustaining through the middle and the end of the in-breath, and then vitaka at that change point between in-breath and out-breath and vichara, sustaining for the length of the out-breath. So that there's that heightened attention to all these different areas of the breath. We don't try to sustain for long periods just the length of an in-breath, just the length of an out-breath. So the vitaka can bring that little bit of energy as we connect with that transition point beginning of the in-breath, beginning of the out-breath, and then following the out-breath as it fades away. For some people, 
they find that naturally as they calm down, the breath gets more subtle, that there's a gap between the ending of the out-breath and the arising of the next in-breath. We don't have to create this, don't struggle with looking for it if it's not there, but often that can be the experience. The out-breath just fades away and there's stillness for a a moment, a a second, before the in-breath arises. For many people, that's the place that the attention wanders because there aren't strong sensations to connect to. So sometimes we use what's called a touch point to just fill in that space to give the mind something to connect to. So again, for this meditation, you can try using that. If there's this space and, and the mind uh, is tending to wander off or wonders what to put the attention on, sometimes it's fine just to stay in the space if the stillness is there. But you can experiment with a touch point, which can be some place in the body where you very easily feel sensation. If you're aware of the breath at the nostrils, it can be the touching of the lips. If you're aware of the whole body or lower down, the touch of your hands, sensation in your hands, or the touch of your buttocks on the cushion. So the practice is just aware of the beginning of the in-breath, duration of the in-breath, transition to out-breath, duration, fading, touching to lips, hands, buttocks, feet. And it's just a very gentle placing of attention, seeing if you can do it without much disturbance in the mind. You can just experiment if that's helpful. Now for the remainder of the sitting, you can continue to practice in this way if it was helpful for you, or just your normal practice of breath meditation. This is where you really have a sense of what's suitable, conducive for you to maintain this gentle, receptive, but continuous connection to the breath.
So if this kind of connection to the breath was helpful for you, you can self-guide yourself through something like that, perhaps at the beginning of a sitting for a few minutes just to help collect. Um, Some people it really works, others doesn't connect, just find what's right for you. And can also bring that same level of precision or the vitaka and vichara factors to your walking meditation. So as you go out to your walking place, just taking a moment to stand and feel the whole body breathing as you stand there. And just as we do in the sitting, relax and connect, feel that sense of groundedness. And then the vitaka is just the commitment, the connecting to breath and body, and the vichara is sustaining through the length of the walking path. So there's just that sense of commitment to being with breath and body, whatever ratio is working for you, uh, for the length of the walking path, and you stop, turn around, and refresh again. Just relax, connect, and then again commit and sustain for the length of the walking path. So at this time of the retreat, really beginning to fill in the schedule in uh, other places, committing to the schedule, really making the most of this time we have here, and using these factors in all the different uh, areas of your day on the retreat, you know, the different thing, going through the meal lines, like, can I be with the breath as I get my food? And maybe it's just once that you remember to breathe, but that's, that's the doorway into a, a more continuous connection. So we just find little ways. Can the breath be present in this activity? And maybe, again, it's just one or two breaths. We're not really trying to force or constrict the mind that I should be mindful, but more this opportunity. Can the breath be present here now with this? And so this preferencing, this foreground, background, the breath is always there. Hopefully, you're still all here, still breathing. It's always there, just in this experience. Can the breath come forward? And can the attention rest in this very contented way, just with the movement of the breath? So any questions this morning? Yes. I was somewhat confused by the sequence of the various talks emphasizing the beauty and the love of breath. And what I'm beginning to understand is that it is allowing us to get to the subtler ways that we strive. Is that correct? The sequencing of the talks was for that intent? Yes. It seems easier with that loving relationship than with an uh, end product result relationship. Yes, yes. But what's the question there? I'm trying to understand, is that conclusion correct? The conclusion that loving the breath is better than a goal-orientated uh, straining relationship to the breath? You know, so is it the purpose of bringing love and loving the breath, the purpose of the talk last night? It's always applicable, of course. And, you know, we can only roll out information in this gradual way. Otherwise, we'd sit here and talk for 24 hours. So, you know, part of it is just the logical unfolding of talks. But for most of us, we need to land first. And it's amazing, you know, through the purification that we go through, the hindrances, it takes a few days before we can really just simply be with the breath. And that's when these more nuanced relationships of appreciation of the breath, surrendering to the breath, and even falling in love with the breath can start to develop. This is a gradual practice. It's a constructed practice. So it does take time. So we do, you know, start with, you know, the challenges of early days of retreat and then start to refine the instructions and offer more possibilities. And is I think also what you were saying, and as I was pointing to, how the striving can actually become very subtle. And of course, we can strive to love the breath, 
You know, we can have this very, you know, beautiful intention and get... It's amazing that, that, you know, as we say, the mind has no shame what it will uh, hang on to. And, but, you know, there's, there's kind of wholesome grasping and uns- unwholesome grasping. And really wanting to create this wise relationship to the breath is a wholesome intention. And we just, as we get more um, secluded and more receptive, we start to see the subtle ways that gets just perhaps a little distorted. And, yeah, get very refined um, seeing of uh, an agenda of being concentrated or being with the breath in order to mightn't be conscious as I was. I was days and days, I I hate to say it, maybe weeks without recognizing that. But then once I saw it, I saw how pervasive it was. Yeah. Yes, you're at the front. Mm-hmm. And um, and you know this whole um, technique, or I mean, the technique seems to minimize really what it is. It's this. It's a huge understanding that that changes everything. Um, and I can I can you know I can comprehend where it has the potential to go mm-hmm. in my practice. Right now, I'm all about not nodding out. Right. And um, and I notice that when I'm nodding, I'm exhaling. Hmm. And um, and I notice it more and more because I'm nodding less and less. Yes. Yes. Um, and what I'm what I'm beginning to notice, particularly yesterday around midday, was that if I actually sort of hover around that transition. Um, well, I'm, I'm done inhaling. Mm-hmm. Like I've taken the hit. Mm-hmm. That's whatever the inhale is going to be, mm-hmm. short or long or whatever. If I just hover there for a moment and then kind of move into the exhale, you know, in your in your guided meditation, I really struggled through mm. you know, paying attention to the exhale. I'm like, oh, I'm going to Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so, you know, is that... But, it, but then there's a component of controlling my breath if I'm doing that intentionally, is that ultimately going to hinder my practice or? The controlling of the breath. Yeah. Yeah. So her question or comment is she has a tendency to sleepiness and she notices particularly on the exhale. So the guided meditation was difficult because we were invited to just be aware of the inhale and she felt she would fall asleep. And is controlling the breath going to be an obstacle? Uh, and you were controlling it so it was more engaged on the out breath. Is that what you mean? The out breath no, was stronger, more or engaged more engaged on the in breath? So oh, had more energy. Inhale at the top of the inhale. Mm-hmm. Just, just a click. Uh huh. So uh huh. Yeah. So many people, their main hindrance is sleepiness. We, we all have tendencies, and and there's many people for whom that is a common and through line of retreat practice. For all of us, it's there in the early days of retreat. And really, even though we're in the middle of the retreat, it's still only a number of days. And so recovering, replenishing, and getting enough sleep so that we're not bringing a lot of tiredness into the hall, that can still just be garden variety sleepiness. And we just need to recognize that and you know, not struggle too much with it. This practice is by its very definition calming. And because we're not engaged in a lot of changing objects, we're not engaged in, you know, what's what all of the range of things that's going on. So it is also uh, inducive to sleep. So it, it is a challenging practice in that way. That's part of the reason why we actually say to really deepen in concentration, you need a longer retreat just so we can go through that settling in process and actually get some clarity of mind. And, you know, for some people it might take a week or two. Like I said last night, we recommend a month or six weeks. And why just here, all we're mainly wanting to do is give you the landscape of this kind of practice, and then each one works out what's going to work for you. As far as controlling the breath, my attitude is all you need is a breath. doesn't matter whether you're controlling it or not. You have to look at your intention in the controlling and is it, you know, out of greed or, you know, is there a lot of straining in it or is it just, this is the kind of breath I need to stay awake. As I said, one of my teachers, Tanisaro Bhikkhu, 
recommends, you know, I read that quote, how can I make the breath more comfortable? And by that doesn't mean just pleasant, but more able to connect with it. So it might mean a longer breath or a larger breath or a breath here or a breath there. So I, I don't have any problem with controlling the breath. Just look at the, what it does to the mind and the attitude. And if it's, you know, a tightness, then that's going to crumble at some point. But if it's really just, this is what I need now to stay connected, to stay awake, and it's this longer, deeper breath, or it's this breath here or breath there, I think that actually can be very skillful. As I've also said, at some point, we want to let, you know, we, we do simplify but we, you know, that's when we're absorbed in the breath and it's just happening naturally. But until we get there, skillful means done with the right intention are very helpful, actually. And really helpful for us to explore how our relationship to the breath, how we're breathing, impacts our mind-body energy. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah, So the question is connecting with the body, and I I did that mainly in the beginning just to ground the attention. Once we're with the breath, you know, we feel mainly the breath in the body, and the breath is the sensations of the breath, it's elemental in that way, but it's just those sensations that we're connecting to. And again, it depends how you're being with the breath. In the whole body breathing, there is a sense of the whole body, but some of us who are doing just breath at the nostrils, it's the rest of the body can, you know, be very, very much in the background and it's just here. So it just depends how you're being with the breath. But I think what you're pointing to is what I was be just beginning the meditation with. And I just think it's helpful not to kind of get immediately tight and narrow and, and trying to be really refined on the breath, unless that happens very naturally. But most of us, we need to kind of land and gather, and it's a very gentle kind of funneling of the energy and the attention towards the breath so it doesn't happen in a tight way. And always the possibility of opening up to that a little. If you do find you're getting too tight, often you can feel tension in the eyes, around the mouth, especially if your awareness is at the nostrils, a little leaning forward even. You know, just to, ah, relax, start again, get more spacious, collect. That's why we call it collecting the awareness and let it, you know, I like this image of a funnel or I've used the sand timer, you know, with the the, the grains are just, the, it's like the awareness is just there and it's very naturally, slowly coming to that point of contact with the breath in a very simple way. Okay, we should end up. Um, again, we'll be doing individual interviews with you. If anyone not on the list, please let the managers know. I think we've accounted for everyone. Really want to invite your support in helping us stay on time. They're listed for 15 minutes. In some ways it's short, but it's more than enough time for you to let us know what's going on in your practice and then giving us time to respond. That's an important piece of the interview process, that we have time to respond. And it's really just 12 or 13 minutes by the time you count for people coming and going out of the room. So really encourage you as part of your practice to to keep an eye on the time so that the whole thing can move smoothly. And also just an encouragement for this continuity of practice. All of us have biorhythms. We're morning people or late night people. Whatever you know your, your place or time of really having energy, make the most of that. Make the most of all of the moments of the day. And then, you know, when you know you're a little tired, the energy isn't so much there, you keep up the continuity, perhaps not quite with the same level of energy, but you're really filling in the corners of the day, the in-between times, committing to the schedule, and, and really making the most of the time you have here. So I wish you a beautiful day of practice and many happy breaths. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.